Hello and welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast with AP and Trey. I am AP. He is Willie Trey Wheeler. We have a guest today, first time guest. Uh, we have Mr. Justin Harvison, JD. Willie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good on this Tuesday evening. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing good. JD, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. I'm blessed. I'm here. I'm with boys. Let's get it. So uh, the first thing we're going to go ahead and get into is this was one of the weirdest weekends that we've had because, like, normally you might have a upset in a week. The Texans beat the Jaguars. It wasn't really an upset because none of us thought that the Raiders were going to win, but the Raiders lost to the Steelers. The Packers beat the Saints. The Colts, without Anthony Richardson, beat the Ravens. The Panthers gave the Seahawks a run for their money. Um, my favorite part of this weekend was Willie. I called JD and I was like, yeah, your boy Jimmy Graham scored a touchdown. He was like, oh, for real? I was like, yeah. And then they lost. He was like, no, they didn't. I was like, JD, they lost. He was like, no, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they, they were up 17 in the fourth quarter. And they lost 18 to 17. Get off my phone, Epi. Get, get off my phone. I don't believe you. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, and you know, the Colts beat the Ravens. He was like, no, they didn't. That's not what happened. So I'm going to start with you, Willie. What did you think about upset weekend galore? I did. This weekend was the epitome of why I don't do sports gambling. There was a couple of games that you, some of them that you mentioned that, I felt like were locks. I didn't see one example. I did not see a human life scenario where the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, despite all the injuries that they had, was going to somehow lose to Gardner Minshew at home. I didn't see that. Granted, they did get screwed over with a pass interference that did not get called. And then Justin Tucker somehow missed the field goal, which is, that don't even sound right coming out of my mouth. But you didn't see that happening. Uh, the other upset, of course, nobody saw the Texans putting up 37 against Jacksonville at Jacksonville. I understand the Jaguars are not known for their defense. They're pretty much known for sunshine. But to put up 37 on the road, a divisional opponent, was very impressive. Didn't see that coming. Uh, the Saints uh, definitely did not see them losing to Green Bay. I thought their ferocious defense would keep Jordan Love in check, and they did for the most part of the game. And but you also have to put an asterisk on that, considering Derek Carr did get hurt and he's I believe he is out for week four. Uh, the other upset that really caught my attention, we'll get to that later. And I will probably I need a little time to talk about that one, sir, if you don't mind. That's, that's OK. That's OK. I do want to say one of the most interesting things to me about the Jaguars Texans game in particular was the first half was all Texans. Second half, Jazz came out and scored 10 and cut it to a seven-point lead. And then they gave up the kickoff return for a touchdown. Made it 24-10. I was like, ah. And I did have money on the game. All of those games that were upsets, I had money. Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's a lock. Granted, it was a free bet, so it didn't hurt me. But I was upset. And then the Jaguars cut it 17-27. to It was like, hey – all they need is 10 points with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They gave up 60 yard, eight yard pass uh, to make it 34 to 17. It was like, what are y'all doing? They kept shooting themselves in the foot. JD, what were your thoughts on upset weekend? Uh, you know, personally, I was annoyed uh, just to be transparent. I don't like it when I watch, you know, a game and I walk away from the game. And when I come back to the game, it's not how the game was supposed to end. Um, you know, honestly, when I found out that the Packers had come back and beat the Saints, I didn't know how to feel about that, especially being up 17 in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, you just forget that your check engine light is on and you don't take it in to get worked on and you upset that your car broke down on the highway and you had all the signs telling you, hey, this might not work. And And I didn't get that, okay? 18 straight points with no answers. You couldn't get me a field goal. And let's keep in mind, I'm not even a Saints fan. They're my second team. I'm a Steelers fan at heart. But the fact that this team couldn't even get a field goal, I mean, even in the third quarter, they didn't score any points. 
in the third or fourth quarter. None. And you got Jordan Love out here making love to the scoreboard, and I got to deal with this. That's frustrating to me. Okay, that was the first one. Now, the other one was only purely because of fantasy football, and we'll talk about that later if you all desire. But the Ravens, okay, can we just be real right now? Lamar Jackson was 22 or 31 for only 202 yards with no touchdowns, and Garden Mitchell had one touchdown, 227 yards. What am I supposed to do with that? When I'm watching my fantasy football dreams just go down the drain, I lost every way I could this week. You remember Gumby, how flexible he was? Let's just say this weekend I was clay man and I was broken in every way possible. That's what I felt about this upset weekend, and I'm done with that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny is, did y'all see the play where Jordan Love dropped the ball, slipped and fell, did the right. splits, picked, got back up and still threw the ball? No one got him. <laughs> you get paid millions of dollars to do backyard football on the field. Bro, it was just meant to lose. When Derek Carr went out, it was just meant to lose. That was it. It was, it was a fun weekend. It was just... It was frustrating, and I know, I know a lot of people lost money because it was just like nobody expected. The Texans were in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, which what was really funny was we're going to get to it in a minute, but with the Cardinals beating the Cowboys, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes is is still on. Like, they can still only win one game and it'd be fine. But you know what's going to hurt somebody? Somebody's going to get a tie, and that's going to cost them mm-hmm. positioning like it did like a couple years ago with the Jets. For it being an upset-heavy weekend, it was still a really, really good weekend. And so next I want to talk about – we got to talk about it. We got to – I don't know how the Broncos lost 70-20. to 20. So, okay, so first things first. I want to go ahead and say this. I know neither one of you really agree with me on this. However, I will say, Russell Wilson has not played poorly these first three weeks of the season. They're 0-3. He has not been as successful as we would want him to be. However, yes, you need to score more than 13 points in a game. I'm not absolving him of only scoring 13 points in a game. I will say a couple of them drives didn't end because of Russell Wilson. Cortland Sutton fumbled twice. So I know a lot of talk has been made about Russ get having a short leash and him being a fault for the issues and all of that. At this point in the season, no one can say Russell Wilson is the problem on this team. It's the defense. It's the defense. In case you didn't know, it's the defense. They have given up over 115 points in three games. They didn't score 115 points last year, did they? For the season. And they've not already given that much up. So, yes, I want to say that Russell Wilson has some problems and he needs to, there are still some things. He's working through. He looks better this year than he did all of last year. But the defense is the actual problem with this team. And Sean Payton needs to fire Vance Joseph. And I am honestly questioning if Vance Joseph got that job. I was like, ha, ha, y'all going to pay me. And I'm, I'm not going to care. I'm going to make y'all look worse. That's all I got to say. J.D., what are your thoughts on the Dolphins putting up 70 on the Broncos? I felt like I was watching NBA 2K practice in the football game. That game was so frustrating. And I've never watched a game where I'm rooting for a team to get more points just to see how many points they can get. Like I played baseball. Usually literally there's a mercy rule. There was no mercy in this game. And I didn't want there to be. I wanted them to get 85 just because. And the fact that your running back for the Dolphins had over 200 yards rushing on 18 carries. You're right, AP. I'm not going to lie to you. Russell Wilson, since going to Denver, has not been 
I'd say he hasn't been performing at his best. It's definitely showing that the Pete Carroll system worked in his benefit because of the success the Seahawks are having without him. But I will say that him putting up 13 points, it's okay. Yes. But when the defense gives up that many points, I want you all to help me understand something. At what point did the defense say, forget it? Like, at was it the third quarter when they said forget it? Or was it the second quarter when they said forget it? Keep in mind at halftime, they had, what's that? They scored 14 in the first quarter, 21 in the second quarter. At which quarter did they decide enough was enough and they just gave up? That's what I want to know. And Russell Wilson, he doesn't galvanize the team. Whenever my quarterback is up there saying a phrase like, yeah, that fire in your belly, if you don't get out of here with that, what is that? Where's the fire, Russell? You ain't Scorpion, okay? You're not telling me to get over here. Nothing you're doing has benefited this team. Sean Payton looks like he eats rocks with no seasoning half the time because of how squint his eyes are every quarter when he makes a mistake. He needs help, okay? That whole team needs help. The Broncos look like miniature ponies right now. That's my thoughts. They look like little Sebastian. Bro. <laughs> um, oh, so I feel like I don't I don't know if either one of y'all looked at it, but social media was full of uh Sean Payton being Kevin James at this point. Because yeah. I don't know if y'all know, but he plays Sean Payton in a in a movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. Willie, uh, your, your thoughts, sir? Okay. The irony of this. I'm watching the game right now. I'm literally watching the game. I think I know the moment they gave up, even though it looked like it was already there. There was a third and nine. They did a swing pass to the running back. He was already three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he still got in for a touchdown. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. Normally, you you throw a screen to try to get the first down. This was not a screen. This was just swing out, dump, and he scored. Also, the one interception Russell Wilson threw is not his fault, but it was his problem. Mm. He literally threw this interception because he's 5'10". Mm. The ball was thrown. It bounced off a offensive lineman. And then bounced again on a defensive lineman's back, and another defensive lineman called it. If he was 6'4", this pass would have never gotten intercepted. Good point. The interception he threw was literally not his fault. It's just he's 5'10". I think this season is the season of karma for the Broncos, unfortunately, because you had an individual by the name of Sean Payton who went out and – basically trashed the Denver Broncos organization, trash Nathaniel Hackett, and then you got back in the coaching ranks. You have a situation here where you, you're getting what's coming to you. Found out a funny story. AP, you probably already know this, but there's a guy that was the Broncos ball boy. There was a guy who had been working for the Broncos previously. There was a guy. When the Broncos had a head coach opening, he wasn't even invited to interview. That guy just happened to be Mike McDaniel, raised in Colorado, breathed Broncos. You didn't give him an interview. I think this was intentional. I really did, like, without making it look overly obvious, some coach named Sean Payton said that Tua would end up being on the bench during sometime during this point of the season. So you have two people with an axe to grind against your organization slash or head coach. And they gave it to you. Flatfoot gave it to you. And I loved it. I'm loving it right now as I'm watching on NFL Network. I feel I almost feel like J.D. did. I wish they put up 85 on him because, like J.D. said, the Russell Wilson experiment has not worked. This is another case of overstepping your boundaries, not recognizing who you are actually are as a player. And... J.D., you don't know this, but I've talked to A.P. about this on days on it. I don't think Russell Woods is actually a good person. Mm. I think he's just a salesman. Mm. I really do. Um, there's no – I've never heard of a quarterback coming out and saying, hey, if I don't want to be traded, but if you trade me, put me on these teams. I ain't never heard of that. 
I'd rather you just come out and pull a Eli and say, I ain't going there. Pull a John Elway. Yeah. I ain't going there. Yes. Just come out and say it. Don't don't say all this and then come right behind and say, go Hawks. Dude, stop it. Yeah, I, I don't like the way he talked about his offensive line, too. He he, he threw his players under the bus in Seattle. Uh, yes, he pub- did. Yeah, publicly. You, you lose two locker rooms. You lose the locker room you're in, and you lose the locker room you're going to. And so for you to, not only that, you try to get Pete Carroll fired, which all he's done is try to protect you when you went looking at it. Yeah, nobody liked to run on first down, run on second down. Okay, Russ, try to bail us out. No, he was saving you. And the defense tried to tell us, dude, ain't it? Richard Sherman said it. Granted, he's a bit of a character, so to speak, so nobody really took it seriously, but he didn't lie. And so with the 70 piece that got brought up, granted, I don't speak anybody to get 70 put on their head. I don't. But let's be real. Like I've talked about with AP before, J.D., when have we ever mentioned Sean Payton and defense in the same sentence when he was in New Orleans? We haven't. Mm, Okay. So his team not being able to play defense, mm, not surprised. Couldn't care less. I didn't think about that when I chose Pat Sertain as my defensive player of the year because I thought he would show up and show out. It's very clear I not my pick has no chance at all. And then speaking of another pick, AP, you do realize my bold prediction only lasted three games, right? Yep, we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I am I am going to be the Russell Wilson stand in this moment. I don't think anything that y'all said is wrong in regards to him throwing the, the team under the bus, throwing his teammates under the bus, and saying he wants to go to another team. I will say, at that point, they were talking about getting rid of him anyway. Like, we didn't hear the team say it, but as time progressed, it was like, yeah, they're talking about like what they can do to try and move him because they don't necessarily want to do deal with the cap situation and he's not happy. They're not happy. As far as Pete Carroll goes, Willie, you said it. I understand that it ain't worked as well as people would have would have liked to see it work. But in that same token, Pete Carroll's system doesn't really work. It just it functions and it's okay, but there's a reason that the Seahawks were what nine and seven last year, and they are two and one at this point. But it's not like anybody's looking at them as being a solid, like a quality team. Pete Carroll gets a lot of praise because of the success he had, but let's be honest, he will never be as successful without Russell Wilson in the way that Russell Wilson will probably never be as successful without Pete Carroll. I get why he wanted Pete Carroll fired, and I'll be honest. If he went to a system where it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett, who apparently only knows how to be the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers, because when he's not doing that, it's trash. Hello, Zach Wilson. Should have never been drafted. <sighs> I knew he was going to go there. <laughs> but I think that Russell Wilson, I don't think he's a salesman. I think – and. I've said this to both of y'all, and I think both of y'all will agree. He's a lame. We know he's a lame. We understand he's a lame. He is a he is the lamest of lames. But that's not a bad thing. It's just who he is. And so at the point where he started hearing about his team wanting to get rid of him and it being an issue, he'd been saying, go Hawks for eight years, despite the fact that they got rid of Max Unger, despite the fact that they brought in Dwayne Brown, who ain't done nothing, despite the fact that all of his – the offensive line has been trash since they got rid of Max Unger. And he's been saying, go Hawks. At some point, you know, the truth come out and you don't mean it to. And he tried to be nice when the truth came out by accident. So I, I agree with you. I think Russell Wilson is – he's not the saint that he seems to want to portray. I don't think he's as bad as it seems at times because he's ju- that's just who he is. Willie, we talked about it last year. And, J.D., I don't know if I told you this. When he said he was on the plane doing high knees, Broncos country, let's ride, 
And the initial response was, bruh, if you don't sit your butt down, you disturbing people and causing a problem. And people like, oh, he's trying to say he's better than his teammates. He's outworking them. I told you then, Willie. No, that is not what happened. Russell Wilson being lame was high-kneeing it up. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Yeah. I'm going to be ready. We going to do this. I'm going to take my team to the top. That's what we doing. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Bro, if you don't sit down. But that's what he does. He's lame. And he thought he was doing it. He was going to be the role model for the team. He was going to uh, set the tone. And he wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to upstage anyone. He wasn't trying to make anyone feel less than. In his mind, this is what it takes, guys. We're gonna get there. We're gonna go to London. We're gonna have a great game. This is gonna be it. I am so hyped and excited for what we're gonna do. Let's ride. It's like, bro, no, no, it's okay. It's it's the same thing with the way that. Willie, you said you had a problem with the idea of Sean Payton telling him, stop kissing babies. It's not always a photo shoot. And you're like, oh, this is so bad that his coach is saying this. I'm like, no, Sean Payton is the type of person that's like, hey, bro, sit down. Like, we got football that we worried about. We ain't worried about this other stuff. And Russ is like, but they're babies. And like, you know, you want to kiss the babies? And I'm a father. This this little boy reminds me of future junior. Um, I just, I love the kids. Bruh, sit down. I, prom- I promise you, if you don't sit down, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> I think that Russell Wilson is, he's lame. There's no other way to put it. And he he's trying so hard to just be, to just fit in. That's all he wants, guys. Like, why can't y'all just let him be a part of the team? Because you do stupid stuff. <laughs> it makes me not want you on my team. When you up here doing high knees, literally in middle down the aisle, talking about Broncos country, let's ride. But you can't ride this ball to the end zone. We right. have a problem. <laughs> we have a problem. When every time I see you look like a politician at a press conference, Talking about some Broncos country. Let's ride. No, I no, nobody wants to hear let's ride. No, 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 no. We you have a wife that already made a song about riding. We need you to score. There's a reason why Melvin Gordon Gordon looked at that dude the way they did. Because it's like you were supposed to be that dude. You was an MVP candidate not too long ago. You stepped and made all this ruckus and all this noise. No, we need you to guide us to victory. And then on top of that, we all know you got paid like you that dude. And right now, you looking worse. Well, not right now, but last season, you looked worse than Daniel Jones, which is hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I also think Russell Wilson is living out what Trevor Lawrence said. But Trevor Lawrence is actually doing it differently than Russell Wilson. When Trevor Lawrence said, you know, that I understand that's more to life than football, but he's still working hard toward football. I, I ask you all this question, too, because looking at Russell Wilson, I it could be wrong, but it almost appears as though, because even when he was in Seattle, once he got married to Sierra, it's almost like his focus shifted. This, am I wrong in that? But I, I like if you go back and look at the timeline of complaints and his actions, I'm not blaming Sierra for it at all, but I'm talking about Russell was like that nerdy guy that finally gets the prom queen, and now he's acting as if he's the prom king. No, bro. She liked you because you was nice and you was handsome. It don't mean you was on the stage with her. And he's acting like that. Like, with his play, he didn't seem as confident. He's getting sacked. I mean, he's gotten sacked 10 times this year, but even when he was with the Seahawks, he started holding on to the ball longer, throwing more interceptions. You know, I think he was in running to be MVP multiple seasons, but somehow the second half of the season, he just dropped off like a cold. And I'm like, what happened to you? Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think that Sierra had an impact on him in that way. Um, if anything, I think Sierra probably had an impact on him off the court and being more like 
more daddish off the court, kind of like Kirk Cousins and his wife. And who? No, no. Honestly, his play improved after he got married. Through what? Just, though? Huh? Through what? He had short stints. No, like statistically over the court, he got married in 2016. Yes. Before 2016, he had one season where he had more than 30 touchdowns. After 2016, he had 34 touchdowns in 2017, 35 in 2018, 31 in 2019, 40 in 2020. 2021 was the season that he got injured, and he still had 25 with six interceptions. Um, Denver was his worst season, and Denver was the first time that he really had a losing record. No, Denver was the first time he honestly had a losing record. Before then, he had only had one season, J.D., where he didn't have at least 10 wins. What was the interception ratio for 2017 and 18? Interception was – he had 11 interceptions in 17, and then he had 7 in 18, 5 in 19. He had 13 in 2020, but that was also the year he had 40 touchdowns. Coincidentally, that was also the year he threw the second most of his career. Uh, He was on track to be MVP. Yeah, and then it just fell apart. And so, like, I I don't know what to say as far as what happened with Russell Wilson. I don't think he fell off um, once he got married. I do think that one of the worst things about what happened was He had a tendency, it's kind of like Kyler Murray, where at a certain point his play just kind of falls off. Um, Plateau. But I I don't think it's because of Call of Duty. So, we're just, we're not going. (laughs) I I, I, I will say this, um, because J.D. really had me thinking, like, oh, is this really the case? The problem is, is that it's not, it it all it all happened. And what I mean by it all happened is that he got paid in 2016. Sierra magically shows up. Well, not 2016. I think 2015, 2014, he got paid. Sierra magically shows up. He gets married in 2016. But we're already watching, we've already watched the decline of the Seattle dynasty. It's pretty much falling apart at this point altogether. So you're watching the decline of Seattle. You're also watching Russ get hurt a little bit more. A couple of times, like J.D. mentioned, he was in the MVP discussion, completely falling off. You see this happen. And at the same time, you're seeing him in the press more. You're seeing him at social events more due to the profile of his wife. He like, he As a good husband, he should be at those events. So you're, you're seeing the decline in play, so to speak, and decline in team overall success. And then you're seeing an uptick in him at other events. And then you have a situation like last year where the bottom completely falls apart. Granted, he was with Nathaniel Hackett, not entirely his fault. But not only you have you look so bad, but then that same season you see Seattle go to the go to the playoffs with freaking Geno Smith, who was looked at as an afterthought. And I'm sorry, you getting wins with Geno Smith should count like 0.15 wins or something. So really, they had like 12, in my opinion, considering you have Geno Smith as your quarterback. Combined it with, we still see Russ ain't slowed down his, with, with being out, being outside, being in the press, showing with Sierra, all this other stuff. But your play as team success is going the opposite way, and then Seattle looks like they're on the come up. It's a bunch of things that happen all at the same time that makes it appear what JD said is true, which partially it is. Not maybe not necessarily because you went through the stats, not maybe not necessarily his stats other than last year, but you have a situation where too many things happen at once that make it look like Russ has fallen off completely. No, he was at the end of a dying dynasty. Uh, the team didn't want him. He didn't want to be there. They left. 
superstar wife. You're doing more press releases. The t- the the ex that you left Seattle is on the come up. You went downhill to the dumpster fire at the same time. It looks really, really, really bad. Before this game against the Dolphins, the Broncos were leading the league in points per drive. Then yesterday, then Sunday happened. Yeah. So it's one. So it's one of those. It's happened, and I could see how somebody would get there. I definitely see how JD got there. Like he has a valid freaking point. It's just too many things happened all at once that makes it look a certain way, and we'll see what the rest of the season has in store for them. I agree. And so we've mentioned Nathaniel Hackett multiple times. I think it's time that we talk about the Jets, who. Okay, so I just – I feel like there's something wrong with me because I am so generous with quarterbacks and players in general because I'm looking at the situation that Zach Wilson is in and Greeny is upset. Joe Namath then came out and said he's done with Zach Wilson. I'm like, oh, wow, you you pissed off Joe Namath? Man, it's so bad. However, as people are so upset with Zach Wilson, I think that they're forgetting Zach Wilson wasn't supposed to be here. This team, that they gave up everything, and they put all their best, all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket. And four plays into the season, everything went away. That basket got thrown out the window and run over by two kids on their four wheelers. But here's the thing. This was always going to be a rough run. The start of this season for um, the Jets was always going to be rough. There was, there was a chance that they started one and two anyway. Not to mention, realistically, there was a chance they could have started 0-6 because they had the Bills, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Eagles. It's almost as if the schedule makers were like, hey, Aaron, you're not going to get to the playoffs. We're going to make sure of that. And so as we are looking at what Aaron would have had problems with, the idea that Zach Wilson has come out and struggled with these systems, like he struggled against the Cowboys, who up until this week, who were saying was one of, if not the best defense in the league. Coming out of that game, you play the Patriots, who, if no one else knows how to beat Zach Wilson, it's Bill. And so you got, you start with the Bills, who, Thankfully, he was able to get that win. You go to the Cowboys, then you have the Patriots, and next week you get the Chiefs. Why? At what point did you expect any level of success? This was going to be hard for Aaron, and we all know Zach ain't Aaron. Willie, what, what, what you got? I mean, well, like we talked about at nauseum, AP. I thought dude wasn't good in at BYU. Point blank period. He should have never been drafted at this point. I like we've talked about time and time again. I'm sitting here on the couch watching college football. I don't get paid to do it. I don't get paid to scout these players. And yet here I am, continue this dude is garbage. It should not be on it should not be drafted where he gets drafted. And once again, for our listeners at home, when I say a dude is garbage, I'm saying in Comparison to what he is being asked to do. So if you told me Zach Wilson was a fourth-round pick, you told me that's where you expected him to go, I would have been just fine. I would have never said a word. But you tell me he's number two overall, I think you are doing some illegal activities and you need to go see a therapist. The guy should have never been there in the first place. And these evaluators, I want to talk to these guys. Here he's doomed. He was he was doomed the moment they drafted him. I have no expectations. I don't. This is what I unsuspect from Zach Wilson on a game-to-game basis. About 10 for 27, 104 yards, 
and a pick. That's what I expect, point blank. Unless you're finna devise a scheme where where you're finna throw every ball, every pass is finna be within four yards, which is unfortunately Bryce Young's pass per attempt yardage in the air is four yards. Stop it! Stop it! But yeah. Yeah, four yards. So if you're going to do that, then fi- if you're going to build your office around that, fine. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. But if you're asking him to use, oh, that arm that he showed at his pro day with T-shirt and some shorts inside an indoor facility. Okay, wow, he made a throw. All that is over with. You're going to have to run the ball 30 to 40 times a game and expect him to throw it no more than 20. Any t- any situation where he's throwing the ball more than 20 times, good luck. Oh, then there's the other part that Aaron was going to have a problem with anyway that I talked to AP about. Regardless, they can't block. Oh, They can't block. I could get a sack on the Jets. I'm just gonna run around the edge. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm not. I'm not gonna try to go inside. I'm not gonna do no swim move and no spit. No, I'm just gonna run around you. That's all I'm gonna do. And you skinny. <laughs> and I'm skinny. And I know how to duck down. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a little duck move. And I'm gonna go around you. And I'm gonna hit Zach Wilson. Plain and simple. They couldn't block with Aaron Rodgers. They can't block without him. They can't block. Point blank period. There's a reason why Aaron Rodgers magically at David Bakhtiari on a certain photo on his butt. Why? Because he needs somebody watching his blind side because they can't block. So you're expecting a kid that already ain't good with a coach, with an offensive coordinator that doesn't really know what he's doing outside of Aaron Rodgers, which to me doesn't mean that means he doesn't know what he's doing. And you're expecting him to be successful. Why? Because if you have a defense, I understand the defense is phenomenal. But unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong, somebody going to lay hands on that boy. There's going to be so much frustration, because I went through this last year. There's going to be so much frustration. Somebody going to put hands on that boy. And it ain't going to be pretty, because I don't think he can fight. Um, just, just a heads up, I just got a notification from Bleacher Report that the defense is fed up with uh... – Robert Sala for him sticking beside Zach Wilson, which let's be honest, what else can they do? They, they can still, do a lot. No, they do a lot. No, financially, one of the reasons why they didn't get rid of him was because they couldn't. Because contract is guaranteed. I understand that. <laughs> if it, it, I, no, no, hear me out. Hear me out. I don't know fully their cap situation, and we both know between me and you, you're the capologist. I'm which I'm rolling with you on this. But if I watch Atlanta eat $40 million in dead cap to get rid of Matt Ryan, you can do something. You're going to lose. If that is the case, that means he is on the verge of losing the locker room completely. And everything he's built, all the culture he's put into that defense to get them right is going to go off or not for a guy that looks like he'll call your call his father every time he gets pulled over to get out of a ticket. No. You find a and signing Trevor Simeon to the practice squad ain't doing jack squat. I can't believe it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to double back and agree with you, AP. You get on the phone and you ask Vikings, "What do you want?" Because they ain't going anywhere anyway. So, what do you want? You get on the phone right now. What do you? You call Tennessee, Malik Willis. What do you want? Even though he probably is not an upgrade, you got to do something. If your if that report is true, oh dear God, Russell Wilson. Um, if you are about to lose the locker room. You have to make something happen. Get on the phone and see what is available. Get on the phone right now. I don't care if you call Detroit and ask for Hendon Hooker. Make it work. Do something. Because the last thing the coach can do is lose the locker room. You lose the locker room, you might as well not even show up. Just turning your key card, turning your playbook, whatever. Get up out of there. If your report, if what you're saying is true, they're gonna put hands on that boy. You send them out there to die. My bad, JD. What you got? Hey, no, this is entertaining. <laughs> I'm. I forgot I was on the podcast. I just I was listening to it live. Um, I'm. I'm with you. <clears throat> um, and you're right. AP is the capologist. AP knows about shadow cap and things like that. I th- I thought it was interesting at the end of last season. Um, that they got rid of Mike White. Um, testify. 
And 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 I say that because he came in, he galvanized the team, they stood up for him on the field, and he, he was able to get them a few wins. He played okay given the circumstance. And then you trade him, but you keep Zach Wilson Wilson like I said. They didn't like trade he, him. He was a free agent, right? Yep. They couldn't okay. afford him. They couldn't afford him. I mean, you man, you could have had to do him. something, but the problem was Mike White got two years, eight million, which isn't a lot. But yeah. as you are working towards doing whatever you can to get Aaron, you go get Alan Lazard, you go get Randall Cobb, you go get Mercedes Lewis. They use up so much of their money to try and make Aaron happy, which again, that's one of the things that people haven't really discussed is they did all of this, not only getting Aaron, but doing all this stuff to make Aaron happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you, you're left with the blues brothers, but only one half. And the thing about Zach Wilson, man, it'd be real. Like whenever your stats, and I was just looking at his stats, this man last year, in 2022, he only completed 132 passes for the year. Now in 2021, he completed 213 passes. Um, you know, when I look at those stats for the whole year, there are a number of things that come to mind. One, okay, his first year, I give him that. It's his first year. Understand it. Absolutely. Second year, mm, you start off a little rough. Obviously, it didn't work out. Now, this year, you're thrown into a situation again where you were not as prepared. You were just somewhat prepared because all attention shifted to Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if this is something you all have talked about before. Uh, offline, I know you all talked about it a little bit, you know, on previous podcast, but this offensive line sucks. <laughs> this is this is one of the few times was like, yes, I, it's like I want to be upset with Zach Wilson. Even when you look back at his collegiate career, some of the wins that stood out were only against U.S. Uh, UCF, Houston, and Boise State this last year. Other than that, who was he playing? You know, Troy, uh, Navy. You know, people like that. He lost the Coastal Carolina. So the NFL is his real, real test of competition. And if you look at how they struggled in the run, I mean, the fact that you run the ball 20 times for a total of 36 yards, that ain't Zach Wilson's fault. That's that's horrendous. But we said it before the season. People saw it. Aaron Rodgers, okay, I get the three-step drop. He should have let go of the ball. He held on too long. I believe, I honestly believe that the moment got to Aaron Rodgers, even though he is who he is, I believe he was trying to do more than he probably should have done in that moment, but it was his first drive, and he was definitely trying to, you know, set the tone. I get it. And like I said, it doesn't help that he's 39 years old. You know, it doesn't help. But when you look at this offensive line, that offensive line is like spraying a roach with Febreze. You're just going to make it smell good, and the roach ain't going to go nowhere. That's <laughs> I don't understand. Like, if you spend all that money, I get, yes, you want to make Aaron Rodgers happy. But should you not also want to protect Aaron Rodgers? Like, what is this? Bro, Zach Wilson was 18 to 36. How many times did he get rushed? Probably over 50%. Why? Because we know you can get to him. He's set up to fail. I don't know who they need to get to replace this man or, or to just step in. But Zach Wilson is also a victim of the moment as well. You're right. He should not have been drafted in the first round. Again, you know, just because he threw over 7,000 yards in his collegiate career. Again, who was your competition? That's my biggest thing. You're BYU. Who was your competition? So that's my thoughts on it, man. I, it, it's it, Yes, it's Zach Wilson's. I, I think one of the biggest reasons, too, is Zach Wilson. He's not standing up for his error sometimes. He's still treating this NFL career like it's a college career. And like you said, dad is going to step in or the coach is going to step in. Robert Sala paused. Did y'all see that interview when they asked him about Zach Wilson? No. He paused. What do you think about Zach Wilson? He's a uh, – I think he's uh, our best chance at winning. Stop it. You need to stop it. Whatever sponsorships you have need to be suspended for 35 days. Get your mind together. That's disrespectful. How do well, you say that? So here's the thing. At this point in time, Zach Wilson is actually probably the best option they have at winning. The, like the past two games, 
Zach Wilson was going to give them the best chance at winning for what they could have got. There was no one they were going to be able to bring in that would have been able to get the playbook, know the playbook, and, like, run it. And, as we've said, they can't block, and Nathaniel Hackett sucks. So, it's just a bad situation overall. However, (laughs) um, so y'all aren't on Twitter, so y'all don't know what happened today. Um, J. Cole posted a letter. Um, yeah, I saw that. I'm Kyle Kaepernick. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so sad. And so maybe that's what they need to do. Go get Kyle Kaepernick. <laughs> oh man. Um, so all right. I don't think we could say anything else about the Jets. We didn't even talk about the game that like it what's weird is they possibly could have won that game. Yeah. But like I mean, yeah. So, um, JD, I'm gonna go ahead and say this to you. Uh, I know that I was surprised by what we saw on Sunday afternoon. I know that you were surprised by what you saw on Sunday afternoon. However, at this point, I feel that we should give Mr. Wheeler the floor to say what he has to say about the Cardinals and the Cowboys who really, I don't know if you saw this, but this is wholeheartedly water that I am throwing on the grease fire that you missed to bring. Michael Parsons said, I'm going, I'm throwing a dart at Josh Dobbs. On Monday, Josh Dobbs posted on social media and it was the clip of what Micah said, and then it was him dodging darts that were being thrown in him. So, Willie, the floor is yours. The floor is yours. Let me start off by saying this about Michael Parsons. I, I said during the preseason he uh, he talked himself out of defensive player of the year already before the season started. And he keeps talking. I'm going to throw darts. And I heard what he said to Tyreek Hill. That he's going to you basically throw put him in a tent. I guess you're implying you're gonna injure the man. I need him to be quiet. But the problem is he's the best player on the team, not named Zach Martin. So ain't nobody gonna tell him to shut up. Ain't nobody gonna tell him to be quiet because the coach ain't gonna do it. Jerry ain't gonna do it. Dak ain't gonna do it. Javon's trying to get healthy. Uh, so there's nobody here to check this kid. What I saw was a complete abomination. Granted, if you look at history, the Cardinals have beaten the Cowboys seven out of the last eight times. So I should have known this was coming. What I didn't expect is for us to get ran through like a freshman in college when she first sees the cues. When you sit up there and get ran through for 186 yards in the first half. I need somebody to explain that to me. Ohio team featuring James freaking Connor, who the Pittsburgh Steelers just said, forget you, you are worthless. Just let you go go out to the desert and die. And he just has a field day on us. They put Rolande Moore in the backfield trying to get their D-Bell Samuel impersonation. He makes one strong cut and just goes straight up the field. The game was over within the first quarter. This, this was this was a typical Cowboys game, a game that we're not supposed to lose, and you just up and lose it. This game right here, unfortunately, potentially, can be the reason why we lose the division. Could be the reason why we don't get home field advantage. Could be the reason why we we go from a one seed all the way down to a five because of this game here. Because we decided not to do nothing. And from what I watched on the game, for most of what I saw, all I saw was the Cardinals playing cover one robber. Cover one. That was it. Nothing special. No exotic coverages. No exotic blitzes that I saw. I may have missed one because I was slipping back and forth. I will admit that I was slipping back and forth. But I may have missed one, but I did not see 
no kooky blitzes or nothing like that that will completely catch a team off guard. We ran the football in the second half, halfway decent. I'm gonna get to the run of the football in a second. But I mainly, but I did see this. As much as people want to blame Dak, and I, 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 I understand why you want to blame Dak because we didn't do jack squat offensively. But when, like I said, when you give up 186 yards rushing, there is nothing else to talk about. But then again, we couldn't stop the run last year. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. There was a game against Cleveland. Cleveland had 300 yards rushing on us. No. So we need to fix the run defense. I don't know what's the quick fix to deal with the run defense. I'm not sure. Oh, then Gilmore looked every bit of old as what he was. Unfortunately, he is no longer, well, he's been no longer, been the all pro that he was. He's not a bad player. Don't get it twisted. I'm not knocking the guy. It's just there was some plays where I'll, I thought, the old Gilmore would have made a play on the ball. I'll say that. The old Gilmore would not have made allowed that catch. Mr. Dak, there was too many occasions. I saw it. You held on to that ball. You remember how I said AP, Mr. Z- Mr. Uh, Josh Allen needs to break away from football? You remember AP? I think that was a couple podcasts ago. I said he needs to take a break. Yes, it's I remember in, that. I remember that. It, it's in Dak's head about the interceptions. There was times where he, you could see him look, and he – did not pull the trigger. He was hesitant to pull the trigger. And it was too many plays of that. But then the one play you pulled the trigger, I'm watching you throw the ball. Also, I guess, look like cover one. Uh, there's a literal linebacker sitting there in the right in front of the end zone. I bet it wasn't cover one because he had two safeties over the top in the end zone sitting right there. And you have a defender the linebacker, the middle linebacker, look like those, maybe they were playing cover two zone, but you sit up there, you have him right there in the middle of the field, and that's who you threw the interception to, of course. But there's three Arizona defenders, and there's one receiver, and you're throwing the ball. But that wasn't his first time throwing in triple coverage because there was a third and five, I believe, on our side of the field in the third quarter where he threw the ball, and the linebacker jumped that one too. But then if you slow it down and you look at the play, there is three red jerseys around this one guy. So either something, something is wrong here. Either Arizona was playing with 14 guys on the field, or there was a situation where multiple times he failed to throw the ball because it's in his head about throwing the interception, and unfortunately you ended the game by throwing the interception. But what I really don't understand is that how I got this aloof Mike McCarthy sit up here, and it is five minutes to go in the game. It's You're driving down the field. You're on their plus 30. You're on the plus 30, plus 25, and you're running the ball like we got time to just run the ball. What are we doing? Michael Gallup actually showed up. Why? Because we actually throwed him the ball, unlike the playoff game against the 49ers that we're not going to talk about. But we're running the football, and I'm like, what are we doing? What is the plan? Time is of the essence. What are you doing? So once again, we have clock management issues. Mike McCall's just like he's there. Now, granted, the first two games, he called the first two games. He called a pretty solid game, but also I recognized something in those first two games. Zach was not Zach. Not I said Zach. Lord bless it. Dak, Dak was not making any checks at the line. Like he was just simply I'm a run to play as it's called. He didn't make any checks. I didn't see no adjustments. It's just I'm a run to play. This is what I'm gonna do. So if that's all you're limited to, we have a problem in year seven. This is a problem. I'm concerned. Don't get me wrong. I think we're going to beat the Patriots come the, come Sunday. I have no doubts in my mind. We're going to bounce back. We're going to tag Mac Jones. We're going to light him up. I have no qualms about that, but I do think this game is going to be low scoring because Bill is going to come with some coverages that Dak just ain't ready for, and we got to be able to run the ball effectively, and I don't know how well we'll be able to run the ball against that defensive front. Uh, New England is formidable, especially defensively. They kept for the better for the better part of the game, the game against the Eagles. They kept Jalen Hurts in check for the most part, even though he's dealing with a new offensive coordinator, which we'll get to in another podcast. But my Cowboys, right? That was a disgusting thing I looked at. 
In fact, honestly, that loss was worse than the complete annihilation of your Steelers in week one against the 49ers because everybody could see that coming, except the people that attended that game. But that was atrocious. That was completely atrocious. The whole run scheme defending against the run needs to be totally fixed. I'm done. I'm sorry for taking up so much time. It is not a problem at all, sir. It's um, all right. I understand. <laughs> I think that one of the biggest things about this loss was this is a team that we know is tanking. But like we've said before, players don't tank, organizations do. And the players came into this game like we can win. They honestly thought they could win the game. And the Cardinals did win it. I agree with you on James Conner because the funny thing is James Conner has, over the course of his career, scored a lot of touchdowns. But they're usually, you know, like five yards. He is one of the best, like, 10 and under touchdown guys in the league. Like, 2021, he had 15 touchdowns. And he only started six games, played in 15. Um, He is what he is. For me personally, I think the biggest problem with the Cowboys is what I've said for about six years now. Dak starts slow. What happened? Dak started slow. Problem was the defense wasn't doing well. And if the defense ain't doing well and Dak starts slow, what happens? You in a hole. And then Dak did decently, but Dak doesn't really have it in him to go win you the game. He is in that Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. You believe he can win the game. You just generally don't want him to do it. Because in the way that he going to win it, he probably going to lose it in the exact way that he did against the Cardinals this week. I will also say, I feel like Dak's comments after the game of, oh, the media put us on pedestal. We know who we are. I bet the media happy now. And I was like, okay, so first off, it's skipping Shannon. Not skipping Shannon. Stephen A. and Shannon. Those are the only people who are praying for your downfall. Everybody else is like, ah, it's the Cowboys. We don't care. So, no, the media is not against you. In fact, the media wants you to have success. Dak, do you know how much money you make the media? They need you to make you, – you need to be at the peak of your uh, winning or doing terrible. You can't be in the middle. We need you – the media needs you to be successful. So, no, nobody in the media was like, oh, yay, they lost except for Stephen A. and Shannon. Um, so, yeah, J.D., what are your thoughts? That the Cowboys are who I thought they were. <laughs> That's – and I mean no disrespect. Cowboys are one of the few teams that I watch, and I'm like, I don't understand how you lose so consistently in a way in which you lose. They don't just have losses. They have losses that make you question what losing really is. And to to see them lose the game in this way, I mean, look at the stats, but they, a field goal in the first quarter, Dak threw a touchdown in the second, a field goal in the third, a field goal in the fourth. That's it. That's it. Even Tony Pollard coming off his injury and his surgery, he still got you 122 yards. And Grant was on 23 carries. Okay. But still, it's not bad. The thing about the Cowboys is also interesting. They're like that couple that you're so happy to see. But one of the people in the relationship just every now and then does a little too much that ain't asked. Just do what got me here. That's all I'm asking. The Cowboys always go away from the thing that helps them win the games. And Trey, Willie, Willie Trey, I'm sorry. I Look, last year, had the Cowboys ran the ball more, they would have won the game against San Francisco. The year before, they had the Cowboys run the ball more, they would have won against San Francisco. Two years ago, when they played the Raiders 
on Thanksgiving Day. Had they ran the ball more, they would have won that game. The Cowboys just all this one. You got Dak throwing 40 times, and you know that your run game is at least somewhat consistent. But again, they just keep doing like if if, if I was a Cowboys fan, I would just be hurt. Oh. Uh, and that's all I got to say about it, man. I just I don't the Cowboys are a frustrating franchise to watch because at least for the past three years, they've had a roster that should be competitive in the NFC championship. There's there's no reason why this team, the way it's put together, should not be at least minimum in the NFC championship in the in at least once out of the last three years. Once. Um so I just want to say a couple things, Shady. Um, first off, they have been competitive enough to be in the NFC Championship game. They just keep running into, you know, a better team. <laughs> but what's worse is each time that they run into what appears to be a better team, they have the better quarterback. But the better quarterback hasn't shown up in the ways necessary, and then they lose. Uh, but, you know, I think – I'm sorry. So go ahead. No, go ahead. I think I had called it. Last shot, I was like, he probably going to throw two picks. The granted one of them wasn't on him. I get that. But he did. But they don't run the ball. Like, do what got you there. Run the ball. You're right. You're absolutely right. You have the better quarterback, at least for the past two years. Why aren't they running the ball more than they past? That was a stat. Like, it's there. I don't have to go looking for that. It's literally in that's like, hey, mama, I like this cake. Oh, son, it was good. Mom, can I get that cake again? Sure, baby. And then your mama cut the cake and leave out all the ingredients from the cake she just made. Hmm, did it taste good? No, mine's it's in the trash. You know why? Because it's nasty. I don't know what you did to that cake today. It looked like the same cake. You baked it at the same time. But when I tasted it, it wasn't the same cake. That's what the Cowboys are to me. I don't get And I'm a Steelers fan. I shouldn't be frustrated at how the Cowboys perform. They're annoying. So the other thing, and this is a question for Willie. Um, it seemed like y'all having a whole lot of red zone issues. That there was a player that y'all had that resolved a lot of y'all red zone issues. That the last time we saw him in a Cowboys jersey, he was getting knocked over as a center. Um, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that, sir? What was my question when we got rid of Z? Why? <laughs> No, 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 no. It's third and one. What you finna do? We still do not have an answer really to that question. And granted, this season, J.D., to your point, we have been running the ball more as a whole before Sunday. We have been running the ball. But there is, I agree with you, there is no universe. You know what? I know the universe. The same universe where Russell Westbrook should have took more shots than Kevin Durant is the same universe where Dak should throw the ball more than 30 times. That's where that same universe. And inside that same universe, Peyton Manning should run 15 speed options. (laughs) That's where that universe is. That's what should happen to you. Where that university is, JD, I can't tell you. <laughs> but there is no reason for Dak to be throwing anything 40 times. Not a ball, not the ball to his dog to play fetch, not um any there's no object that should be thrown by Dak Prescott 40 times in a 60 minute span. There is nothing. I don't care if it's a frisbee, I don't care if it's a nerf football. I don't care if it's at practice. Like, Dak shouldn't be allowed to throw 40 passes at practice. No. 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 And talking about the media is up against us. Boy, that's what comes when you put that star on your helmet. Even if it is just two people. That's what comes with it when you put that star on your helmet. Nobody cares. Really, that Sunshine lost to the Houston, Texas. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. Nobody cares that Lamar lost at home to Gardner Minshew. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that Justin Fields, well, a lot of people care, but unfortunately that he's only thrown. No, my bad. I give you a better one. Nobody cares when Joe Burrow threw for 82 freaking yards in week one. Nobody cares. 
Why? Because they ain't got that star in their helmet. Oh, oh, oh. I want to add to you. I want to add to this that what is more hilarious that nobody cares about any of the people that you mentioned is they're also all better than Dak Prescott. Except for Justin Fields. Justin Fields isn't there yet. I give you one that's about on par. Nobody cares anymore that Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions in week one. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares that Drake London got zero targets in week one. Nobody cares. Hey, hey, Willie. I I saw this earlier, and I just want to put this out there. Do you know how many touchdown passes Ryan Tannehill has this year? As many as Keenan Allen? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike White. And Mike White. Oh, Oh, J.D., you didn't know that, did you? No. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yes, she has many as Keenan Allen. Yes. And Keenan Allen has one freaking attempt. Yes. That poor man. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But guess what? Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. You don't make nobody else money. No, he doesn't. No, nobody cares. Just like Justin Herbert could go out there and throw for five hundred yards. Guess what? He's on the West Coast. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares (laughs) at all. Nobody cares. (laughs) I feel like that ran out of reasons to explain. Because no, yeah, guess what? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, JD. You wanna know why? You wanna know why he's running out of people to blame? Because guess what? We got rid of the clapper. We got rid of him. Oh, let's. Oh, so so we got rid of him. Oh, well, let's blame the defense. Oh, the defense is much improved. Oh, so you can't blame them anymore because we got Dan Quinn. You can't blame them anymore. Oh, let's blame the offense coordinator. Oh, great. Guess what? He's gone too. Oh, let's blame Zeke. Oh, guess what? He's gone too. Your best buddy. He's gone. You couldn't even take a pay cut to keep him on the team. No. So we're running. Yes, you're right, JD. We're running out of people to blame, just like Brian Kelly does at Notre Dame. He ran out of people to blame, so we changed jobs. But this ain't a college football podcast but <laughs> this is what this is a problem when you have too many yes men in your circle you don't have somebody telling you hey bro you you screwing up this is what happens so yes he's running out of people to blame who's gonna blame next tony pollard he's running no dude it's you when you've been in 14 relationships since the year 2020 and ain't nobody put a ring on your finger yet baby it's you same thing with Dak. It is you. You. All these people, all these elements have changed around you. And yet there is one constant. Hmm. There's a common denominator here. Hmm. It's you. I, I, I don't think there's anything else we can say about nope. the Cowboys. But. That is all the time we have for the all-purpose NFL podcast. JD, thank you for joining. We will definitely have you back. It was a pleasure, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Have fun. So, yes, that is all the time we have for this week. We are on all podcasting platforms. So, we, as always, we thank you for listening and have a good one.